0: Well, good morning. morning. We're going to welcome you to our International Ministry Weekend. We're going to focus on missions today and how we can be a part of that. Before we do, I have three quick announcements. The first one is we're doing a survey here at the Bible Chapel through all the campuses. We ask you to participate in that survey. It's a three-question survey. You can go to it by going to BibleChapel.org. Uh, That will take you to our homepage. You go to about halfway down, you click on the survey, and we really need your input. Uh, We're determining, again, where we're headed here in the future, our vision as we look forward to seeing what God has for us, and we need to set a baseline so that we know where to go. You can't know where you're going unless you know where you are, right? So we need your help in doing that. If you don't want to do it on the internet, that's fine. You can pick up at starting point uh, a, uh, a paper version of that, and you can fill it out. And we just encourage you to do that. The deadline for that is November the 18th. This is for high school students up. So if you're high school up, please participate uh, in this survey. And uh, on December the 2nd, we'll be showing you the results of it. There's this thing called the Net Promoter Score that a lot of businesses use. And we're going to use it, again, to get our baseline so that we can uh, determine how we're going to address the issues we need to address uh, in the future. Also, uh, this spring, start thinking about this now, uh, Tunchy Okan and I will be leading a trip to see, visit the seven churches of Revelation. Uh, if you love the book of Revelation, you get to go see the seven churches that are talked about in the first couple, two or three chapters there, and uh, we encourage you to be a part of it. We have a lot of fun, and it's a great opportunity to see that makes the Bible come to life. You see these places uh, where uh, the Bible talks about, and you're standing uh, right there. On December the 2nd, there's going to be an informational meeting about that. The guy who uh, heads up the trip, who organizes the trip, is going to be here. And after the 10, 15, uh, 12, 15, uh, let me get this right. Start all over. Tunchoke and I are leading this trip. And I think there's going to be bacon. I don't know for sure. But on uh, December the 2nd, after the last service, the guy who leads uh, this thing, who puts it together, he's going to be with us. All right. I messed up that so terribly. Just look at the website and be here on December the 2nd. (laughs) The last one is, uh, this is uh, Veterans Weekend. And uh, we are so appreciative of all those who have served our country so that we can be here uh, in freedom today. So if you are serving or you have served, please stand and we would like to thank you for your service to our country. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for those who, who stood and many whose shoulders we stand on. We thank you, Lord, for those who would leave uh, their their homes and safety and go overseas to protect our freedoms here in our country. We thank you, Father, that uh, many of them would be willing to sacrifice for us so that we can come today in complete freedom, and sing songs to You, uh, that we can come and interact together, that we can come and open Your Word without any fear. And Father, we'll be talking about today some places around the world who don't have those privileges. Be with us today, Lord, as we open Your Word. Teach us as only You can do. Lord, we're going to talk about international Uh, ministry and when we do that, Lord, I know there are some here today that are going through some tough uh, personal things, and 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 honestly, uh, missions is the last thing on their mind. Uh, but Father, I pray that you would speak to that person as well, and that you would and that you would use your word today to to encourage, uh, to challenge, to convict, to do, Lord, whatever you need to do with your word. So be with us, uh, Lord, as we. Take the time to to just focus on what you have to tell us. In Christ's name, amen. Long before I came to the Bible chapel, the leaders of this church had a heart for evangelism and missions. And we like to make sure we understand what we're talking about with those two words. First of all, evangelism means sharing Jesus to your world, at your family, at your friends, your work associates, sharing Jesus with those God has placed in your network. Missions is sharing Jesus around the world, sharing Jesus to the nations, building the, the basis and platform to send individuals across the globe to be able to share Jesus in different languages, in different cultures that God has called them to. The basis for missions at the Bible chapel is based on Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. This is the great commission of Jesus, some of His last words before He ascended to heaven. As the disciples were standing there, Jesus told them, commanded them, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And Jesus says, behold, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. So the question I want to pose to you this morning is this, how do we apply that? How do we apply that individually? It's a command, so we have, to, we have to apply it. How do we apply that individually? How do we apply that corporately as a church? What, what is our role and responsibility in sharing Jesus around the world? When I first came to the Bible Chapel, uh, it was much smaller And even though we were much smaller in size, we supported about 20 missionaries. Um, After I became senior pastor a few years later, I invited a professor of mine from Dallas Seminary, a guy named Walt Baker, to come and do a weekend missions conference for us here at our church. And he did a great job. I remember he came, and he did a thing with the youth, and then he spoke at the the Sunday services, we didn't even have Saturday services back then. We were just getting started. I think this was about a year into the time when I was a senior pastor. When I took uh, Dr. Baker to the airport on uh, Monday morning for him to fly out, he told me two things I'll never forget. As we were getting on, we, we, we met for breakfast uh, uh, at, uh, at uh, King's and Bridgeville. And we were getting ready to get on the ramp to go up on to 79. And as he, had, as he had observed the church for the weekend, as he had observed our staff, uh, again, I was in this about a year at that point, he said uh, two things. One, I hope you don't grow very fast because you guys aren't ready for it. I really didn't appreciate that. That's the first thing he said. And then he said, I was here all weekend long, and I keep hearing people say, we support 20 Missionaries, you got to stop saying that. Because as I talked with you guys, you know what you do? The only thing you do is you write them a check. And some of the checks aren't even that large. That's not what supporting a missionary means. He said, you need to know them. You need to be in their home. You need to know how to pray for their marriages because their marriages are challenging overseas. And you need to know how to pray for their families because I'm going to tell you, raising a family overseas is difficult. And you need to be able to support them with more money than the little that you're giving them. Don't say you support 20 missionaries like that's a big deal when you're really not supporting them at all. So, after Dr. Baker's visit, we began a process, the elders did, that at times was very painful because Baker was right. We had 20 missionaries, and we couldn't even go around the room and and tell you who, who they were. And so, we decided that we were going to support fewer missionaries with more money. We were going to support fewer missionaries with better communication. We were going to support fewer missionaries with more prayer. And we were going to support missionaries where we could go into their homes and sit down with them over a cup of coffee and ask them how life was. And we were going to support missionaries that we could then take a group of people, maybe five, maybe 50... Over to their home and be able to minister with them as a church. And I gotta tell you, that was a painful process because that meant that some of those 20 didn't make that cut. Those were tough conversations. But we decided long ago that we were going to be ministry partners, not check writers. We all need to be that in church, don't we? Not just check writers ministry partners. So today, you can see on this handout, take it out real quick, I want you to look at it. I'm going to come back to it at the end of the service. But you can see on this handout, the missionaries we support. There are nine couples around the globe. There are two... Um, ministries represented by a couple people on here that we support and then there are two couples who do ministry around the world but from the United States they use the United States as their base and we want to communicate with them well and we want to make sure that they know that we love them and we want to make sure uh, they know we care for them and we want to make sure they know we're praying them. Now, it takes a lot of work, communication, uh, for these visits, uh, a lot of prayer, um, determining the needed funds. We have to do that every year. The organizations of mission trips, it takes a lot of work. And we have a great team to do that. And at this time, uh, I'm going to call your names, but I, I want you to stand after I've called all your names. Our outreach uh, leadership team is led by Ryan Middleton. And it's, uh, it's uh, comprised of Brian Walker, sorry Brian Miller, sorry Brian, Brian Miller, uh, Glenn Dalich, uh Fernando Asensio, Cheryl Colusi, Cindy Urbanowitz, uh, Cindy Shook, and Laura Cabe. If you guys would stand, we want to thank you uh, for what you're doing. The missionary, the missions budget here at the Bible Chapel, or sorry, the outreach—all these names change on me. The outreach leadership team's budget is the third largest line item we have in our in our budget. We have comp, and then we have debt, which we want to get rid of, and then uh, our missions budget. So a lot of investment from you goes into this, and we're asking even more investment this morning. Now, one thing that we want to talk about is some names have changed throughout the years. And so, we have to adapt to the times. Instead of a missionary, today, a missionary is called a global worker. And that's not just to be fancy with name changes. That's because missionary around the world is becoming a dangerous term. I've been in a lot of places where you do not say the name missionary. And so, since... Global workers is what we call missionaries. Missions, now, we're simply going to call global ministry, all right? Two things we have to remember, and I'll mess them up all the way through this sermon today. I I promise you that. But we're working on it. You got to channel a new venue of our brain. A few years ago, I traveled to a country, and on the plane over, we had a front and back sheet of paper of words, not to say when you land, and... uh, Christian terms that were code words for Christian terms so we could have a conversation. Front and back. So, we had to study it on the way over. I'm not giving you front and back today. It's just two terms, right? Missionaries are now global workers and missions, global ministry. You have uh, out in the lobby uh, a trip information booklet, 2019 trip information And this booklet that you can pick up will give you all the mission trip, all the global ministry trips that we're going to take this year, right? And you can take it, and you can pray about it, and you can determine if you're going to be on a trip. Now, i got to just say one thing. We have had too many repeats going on trips and not enough new people. And that's got to change. Pray. Determine. If God would want you on one of these trips, I can tell you that's where you get stretched. That's where you see how big God is. It's not the only place. But if your your health allows for it, if your time off allows for it, if your stage of life allows for it, if you're a mother of three young ones, you probably don't need to pick this up. But there's some other thing that you can do that we'll talk about today. But think about going on a trip. More information will be coming out about that. But today, we're going to ask you to do one thing. We're going to ask you to adopt a global worker to pray for on a regular basis. You can do that if you are single. You can do that if you're married. You can do it with your family. Last time, we talked about things we could do as parents to help our kids see God in a bigger way. This is one of them. So, how can we adopt a global worker to pray for That's what we're going to be working toward. That's the specific we're going to call for at the end of our time today. What I want to do is to start out big for all of us, and I just want to talk about prayer in general, and then we'll get specific how we can pray for a global worker. So let's talk about the big picture of prayer. That's for all of us. And today I just want to demystify prayer. Prayer is just a conversation with God. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to spend our time in one verse, Ephesians 6 verse 18. Before I do that, I want you to listen to one of our global worker couples explain how important prayer is. Wampy and Celia Mole. visto
1: una guerra nuestro ministerio lugares, sí puedo darte un
2: We have seen spiritual warfare in several ways. One example we noticed is that the first two groups of kids were not getting the message. They seemed lost. Still, the kids were not getting it either from the pulpit or individually. So it was very frustrating. We felt that we were failing. So we decided that we needed to pray a lot about the situation. We prayed that the Holy Spirit would intervene, not us. So it was truly the Lord's work. He answered our prayers. He did the work because we noticed a change with the third group of kids, because they were now understanding the gospel. And they were convinced of the decision that they had taken.
1: Los niños estaban entendiendo más el mensaje y estaban convencidos de, de la
2: decisión que habían tomado.
0: You're going to hear from our global workers today over and over the importance of prayer and how much they depend on prayer and us praying for them. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, the premier global worker of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is a writer of this book. He is writing it around 60 A.D., He's writing it to the church in Ephesus that he founded on his first missionary journey. If you go with us on that trip in the spring, Ephesus has one of the most extensive ruins, just amazing to walk through Ephesus and see this town that it was, this amazing town. And Paul took some time there, and he writes back to those in Ephesus. His first three chapters deal with theology. His last three chapters deal with practice, and practice is a part of prayer. In chapter 6, Paul talked about the spiritual battle that we're in. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the rulers. We, we battle against the spiritual forces around us. And so Paul tells us then to put on the spiritual armor of God. And right after that, in Ephesians chapter 6, 18, that's our passage today, he challenges us to pray. The first thing Paul tells us is to pray all day. Pray within the rhythm of our daily routine. Pray in our daily rhythm. Paul says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. And There are many verses on prayer in Scripture, but this is a a significant one. The first thing Paul says, again, is pray at all times. Make it a daily rhythm of your life. Somewhere in Christianity, and I don't know when it happened. I was trying to think about this. Was it in the 50s or 60s? I'm not for sure. But somewhere, someone wrote a book on a quiet time or daily devotions, and that became what we talk about. Did you have your quiet time today? Did you have your daily devotions today? Did you do your devos today? Now, every Christian should be doing those. That's important to do. And what that means is, in the morning, and the earlier the better, because you're really spiritual if you get up early, right? <laughs> the earlier the better. I was being sarcastic there. You can knew that, right? You carve out a time, and you read the Bible. That's great. And you pray. Now, that's fantastic. Every believer should be doing that. But the challenge that we have when we compartmentalize a devo or a devotion or a quiet time is... We close the Bible, we say, in Jesus' name, amen, and then we go on about our day. And so I hear people saying things like, oh, I had my quiet time today, it was a good day. Or, I didn't have my quiet time today, it wasn't a good day. Our quiet time is not a rabbit foot. We have a conversation with God, that is, a, that is our event, right? That's our time when we focus on a conversation with God, but that's not when we stop, Prayer is communication with God. And so Paul says, pray at all times. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing if it's just in a quiet time? Or a diva? Or a devotional time? Communication with God is ongoing within the daily rhythm of our lives. A few weeks ago, it was Lori's birthday. So we went to this cool restaurant in the Strip District And we had a seat by the window, and we had a great meal, and we talked the whole time, and we interacted together, and we had a fun time together. And then after we walked out of the restaurant, we just stopped talking. Haven't talked to her since. That's why she's in Oklahoma this weekend. You keep talking to people you love, right? And so we talked on the way to the car, and in the car, and when we got home, and the first thing the next morning. And that should be how it is with God. It's not just in a quiet time. You keep the conversation going. Some of my best times of prayer have been running in the morning. That's when I have my best times of prayer. Flying in a plane, driving in a car, Before a difficult meeting, God, I need your help. During a difficult meeting, Lord, I really need your help. (laughs) Staring out the window of a hospital room, and one of my most intense times of prayer was rushing our little baby to the hospital. You see, our global workers need our prayers, and we need to be those who are praying continually not just during quiet time. One of our global workers has a great reminder regarding prayer. And I think, you know, when we put it in a quiet time, we we write out our prayer and then we wonder, God, why didn't you answer that? Or you're taking too long or whatever. But when it's a conversation, then it's ongoing and God's speaking to us and he's helping us understand why this is maybe taking some time. One of our global workers a name that we cannot put up on the board. This is actually a different name than their real name. They are going to explain kind of what this uh, conversation prayer looks like.
2: I thought about the example of how we we expect fast answers, and so when we when we think about how God answers prayer, we've got to sometimes realize that it's a slow process and that it's not like um putting in an amazon order and getting it in two days because you've got prime or something you know i mean god has a way of answering our prayers that is his timing is a lot different and it's a lot it's a lot of times a lot slower when you're working with people than um you would want you want to see quick change in people's lives you want to see people respond but it's not, that most of the time it's not like
0: that. Prayer is not like Amazon Prime Time. And when you have a conversation with God, it's a daily rhythm. Then you understand that, uh, that you're walking through life with him, not just asking for certain things for him to do, and then happy or disappointed that he doesn't meet your time frame. Number two not only pray on our daily rhythm to allow the holy spirit to direct your conversation that's what paul says in ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 he says praying at all times in the spirit now in the spirit does not mean speaking in tongues in the spirit does not mean some special kind of prayer language in the spirit simply means this pray in the power and the enablement and the influence and the prompting and the direction of the Holy Spirit who lives in each believer. Let me show you what that looks like. Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons. By whom? Who's the whom? By the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father. It's by the Spirit that we pray. It's by the Spirit that He empowers us. It's by the Spirit we can even address God as our Father. So when we're praying in the Spirit, we are praying in the power of the Spirit. The Romans got that. Paul thought the Galatians needed to hear it as well because you are sons. God has sent His Spirit into our hearts. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives within you. And when the Holy Spirit lives within you, He allows you to cry out, Abba, Father. We are to pray in the enablement of of the spirit. Paul wrote earlier in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 that we are to be controlled not with wine, not with outward substance, but we are to be filled or controlled with the spirit. So when we pray, we are asking God, please, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to be controlled by you. I don't know how I should pray sometimes. I need your spirit to prompt By the way, that's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Paul, what weakness are you talking about? Well, here's our weakness. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. You ever been there? I really do not know how to pray for this. But when we don't know how to pray, that's our weakness. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Again, that's not a prayer language that we pray. That's the Spirit praying for us at a level we can't even imagine, with groanings too deep for human words. And here's the best part. He who searches the heart, he knows us inside and out, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. Think about that. Our weakness is we don't know how to pray, and we don't know how to pray always by the will of God. We don't know what God's will is going to be in a certain situation. But the Spirit is within us at all times, praying for us at a level we can't even imagine. And He always prays for us, knowing exactly what we need and knowing what the will of God is. Isn't that great? I mean, that's powerful stuff. Right now, the Spirit is praying for us at a level we can't even imagine. This is one of our missionaries' favorite promises. Listen to Craig.
1: The church's role in the global workers uh, of today is to uh, come alongside and uh, the church isn't a building. It's it's made up of individuals. So you can connect with the global worker on an individual level, as a, a Sunday school level, as a prayer team, or as a church body. So a body of believers and prayer and support is the most significant way that the church can join in because intercessory prayer. Just like uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans eight twenty six, where the Spirit prays for us. Uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit through through the Impact Prayer Team, through uh, other other prayer settings, can can intercede.
0: Romans 6 Romans 8:26 The spirit is praying for us with groanings too deep for words. Allow the spirit to prompt your prayer. So we're praying at all times, right? It's ongoing. We're carrying on a conversation with God. We're praying in the prompted by the spirit in the power of the spirit. And then we are to pray thirdly not ritualistically but realistically. And Paul says that We are to pray with all prayer and supplication. A variety of prayer and supplication. I think another passage actually says the word variety, another translation. It means a freshness to make sure you're not just praying the same old prayer over and over and over again, but you are praying, prompted by the Spirit, what's going on in your life for that day? What's going on in your life for that moment as you keep that conversation going? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, you don't pray the empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Prayers don't have to be long. They just have to be real. We should pray all kinds of prayers and requests, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers for personal things going on in our life, prayers for other people, prayers of repentance. We need to communicate with God. Let me give you some helps to do that. A few things. Number one, seven ways to pray for your missionary. Cross out that word, global worker. Right here. You can pick that up in the lobby. A guide for you and your family. In the bookstore, you can pick this up. We did a little book on this. Engage 30 Days to More Powerful Prayer Life. Demystifying prayer. Getting it out of some uh, Christian ease words that we use up here, but just having a conversation with God. That's another thing you can do. Pray through the Psalms. Every day you can get in your uh, email inbox a devotional that we do so you can pray through the Psalms. I think on your sermon notes there's a way you can sign up for that. But just to help, to prompt you to pray different prayers as the Psalm, many of them are, are prayers. Also, The Impact Global Prayer Ministry. You'll hear a few missionaries talk, global workers talk about this. The Impact Global Prayer Ministry. Every third Thursday of each month from 7 to 8 o'clock right here in the South Hills campus uh, in room 141. The next meeting is this coming Thursday, November the 15th, room 141, 7 to 8 p.m. And they uh, pray for different missionaries every time they meet. Again, refreshing, freshness, praying realistically, not ritualistically. Prayer is so important. And you're going to hear from the Bloomingstocks uh, Bloemstock, about the Thai uh, people they work with in Thailand, uh, about how important prayer is to them.
1: In terms of answers to prayer here in Thailand, prayer, I think, takes on a different character than maybe it does in some other locations. Um, Prayer is part of the Buddhist realm as well, and they understand the idea of prayer. And uh, the way they do prayer in the Buddhist world is quite different, usually it's accessing some kind of spiritual power for merit or blessing. Um, But prayer is a very common part of the world here. So even if you pray with Buddhists, they appreciate it. which is kind of unusual. Uh, And I've talked to some uh, Thai converts, people who have converted as adults out of Buddhism into Christianity, and probably the most important element in leading to their conversion was prayer.
0: The most important element in their conversion was sharing the gospel really clearly, right? That was important, but what did he say? The most important thing was prayer. So, praying at all times, prompted and empowered by the Spirit, realistically, not ritualistically, and consistently. Keep praying persistently and consistently. We need to be those who continue to bring up our needs to have that conversation with the Lord of what's on our heart, again, prompted by the spirit. One of my favorite couples in Panama is Luis and Nadelka Cano. Uh, and uh, they were here during vacation Bible school and our kids loved them and really interacted with them well. Listen to how Nadelka talks about in her in their marriage, her persistent prayer, how God used that to work in Luis's heart. <inaudible>
2: One of the prayers that God has answered was about the ministry that we were going to get involved in. In reality, when we finished our studies as the wives, we tend to follow our husband in the global field. My prayer was for God to guide us to the place where he would want us to be and where we would be most effective. I had the answer, but it was my husband that needed to be convicted. I could see how God guided us. And he confirmed what I thought, and he confirmed to him where God wanted us to be in the global field at Word of Life.
0: I've never seen Louise so quiet. What a great couple. And the Delka talks about the importance of prayer in. Your marriage hey, let's just uh, use a little uh, by-product uh, application, right? When you're struggling in your marriage, the best thing to do is complain about it to all your friends, right? How about having a conversation with God? Would it be possible that God could change the heart of your spouse? He certainly can, and he did with that testimony, and he can with yours as well. Power of prayer in our marriages. Pray at all times, prompted, powered by the Spirit, refreshing prayer, not ritualistic, consistently. And there's one more thing to do, right? What would that be? Get it done. Pray. Listen to Ken, uh, the Muckles, as they talk about the importance that prayer from here at the Bible Chapel has meant in their ministry in Spain.
2: We also have noticed since the chapel started the impact prayer meetings, um, we have noticed an incredible answer to prayer. And we just wanna thank um, you all for your diligent prayers. We've attended those meetings and you pray specifically for each one of us every month. And we have to say that since you have started that and you are the only church that does it, we have seen an incredible answer to prayers and we attribute it to um, the Bible Chapel's faithful prayers.
0: So we got to pray, right? Two things before we go. One, Paul ends this verse by asking to pray for him. So I would ask you to pray for us. Uh, Lori and I leave on uh, Friday. We'll be with the Muckles, their missionary group. It's called ABWE. Uh, they uh, have their European uh, retreat, their conference. Uh, in Portugal, and they've asked us to come and speak. So I'll be speaking, or I'll be uh, overseeing a vacation Bible school for all the missionary kids there. And so I appreciate your prayer as we travel and as uh, we are away uh, for a little bit uh, during Thanksgiving week. That's the first thing. Second thing, very practical. Take out that sheet again that you uh, had early on. So we are asking you to do this, as individuals... As a couple, as a family, however you want to do it, determine one of these couples, families, individuals, that you'd like to pray for, that you'd commit to pray for for the next year. Some of you know right off the bat who it's going to be because you uh, have traveled, you've been in Panama or wherever else, so you know who it's going to be. That's fantastic. You can check that off, and there are receptacles as you leave today. Uh, in uh, at either exit, uh, you can you can drop these off, and uh, what we will do is this: uh, the uh, team is going to uh, get your names. Uh, they're going to send you an email about how to pray for these couples, and then once a month, just once a month, not going to inundate you with emails, but once a month, they will send you the updated prayer request for the couple or individual that you choose to pray for, again, as an individual or as a family, right? Some of you may say, man, it's the first time I've seen the list. I need some time to read through it and pray through it. Great. Take that time. Over the next couple weeks, determine who you want to pray for. And then we'll keep these receptacles out, and you can drop that off, and then that same process takes, takes place. Within about three weeks, you'll be getting the information that you need in order uh, to uh, pray on an ongoing basis for these missionaries. Okay, that, everybody understand that? Determine in the next few weeks who you're going to pray for, and then we'll get it done, and uh, it'll be cool to hear the uh, testimonies next year from these missionaries as we, pray, as we really commit to pray for them as a church. Susie's going to come out and lead us in a last song as she's coming, just a couple of things. Before you go today, please take a walk through the lobby. Uh, The missions team will be the global ministry, workers, international outreach team. will be uh, heading up the tables. They'll be at some tables, and they'll give you a lot of information that you need. You can ask ask them any question, and they'll be able to help you with that. Uh, There are some... um, uh, there's information throughout the lobby on the different uh, global workers, and we encourage you to, to, to check them out and just read that. And just slow down before you leave. The Steelers game was Thursday night. You don't have to hurry. Take your time. Maybe even say hi to a person you don't know. Amazing, right? And just slow down and walk through and, uh, and get, to, get to know... Uh, our missionaries and be able to pray for them, all right? Okay. Father, thank you that we can talk with you like a friend. We don't have to hold anything back because you know everything on our heart and mind anyway. And we pray, Father, we would be those who truly, prompted by your Spirit, recommit ourselves to prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.